Hello there. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series is over. Part six came out today. It was an epic finale with a lot of great stuff in it. But now that the four and a half week run of this series is up, we can talk about everything. Mostly we're gonna talk about part six. I'm gonna give you my review on it, but we're also gonna reflect back on the series as a whole. We're gonna talk about the good, the bad, and the in-between. I have a lot to say on this week's episode and tell me your thoughts by putting it in the comments down below. I respond to everybody and I can't wait to hear what you think. My name's Han. This is Han Talks First. It is the podcast you're looking for. So let's do it. Let's talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's do it. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. So there is a lot to discuss. The Vader versus Obi-Wan fight. We got some points to make with Reva. We also got to talk about Qui-Gon Jinn and how Liam Neeson is a massive liar. Um, no. I don't think so, no. I haven't been approached. Liar! And of course, the reason we're all watching the show, we're gonna talk a lot about the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So like I said, there was some really good stuff in this episode. There was still some stuff that I was a little iffy on. Overall, I think the show was good. Not great, it didn't blow me away. You know, I was really, really hyped for this show. It was my most anticipated series of all time. While they didn't go the direction I wanted to with some of the possible story ideas or closing out some of the concepts that they even brought up themselves, I did find it enjoyable nonetheless. So if any of you follow me on Instagram, you noticed my story last night. Immediately after I watched part six, I went and I wrote this as my initial reaction. It felt like a regression of plot in moving these characters and story forward. I found it entertaining, but inconsequential to the universal narrative of Star Wars. And I'm always worried when people hear me say negative things about Star Wars or an episode of television, they think it means I hate everything. I don't. Just wait, hear out my explanation, because I'm so tired of people over the past several weeks being like, uh, you, you just, you don't understand Star Wars. You don't, you don't understand storytelling. No, I understand Star Wars. What I may not understand is some people's insecurity in their fandom. If you like something, like it. If you're one of those people that loved every single aspect of this show and the characters, that's fantastic. I'm glad you love it. But just because some other people may not share that same view doesn't mean that they're wrong, nor does it mean that you are wrong. Star Wars, movies, television, it's perspective. It's, it's from a certain point of view. Thank you, Ben. That was exactly the phrasing I was looking for. Okay, with that mess out of the way, we can talk about the show now. I want to start with the positives. The Vader vs. Obi-Wan fight at the end. This is what everything had been leading up to. Honestly, this was the whole overall premise of the show. There were tons of callbacks to the prequel movies and to Star Wars Rebels and some original trilogy payoffs too. But overall, this was probably the most beautiful part of the show for me. And the way that Deborah Chow and the cast and the crew manage to tell a story through action and everything has an emotional beat. The emotional moments in this fight scene were fantastic and I really felt it, especially through Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor has been doing such an amazing job bringing this character back. He's a great actor anyway, but to do it with Obi-Wan Kenobi, there's three different phases. There's young Ewan, there's old Alec Guinness, and then there is the guy in the middle that Ewan come back and mold them both together. Outside of the emotional beats, there was really cool effects in this. I mean, we got to see a little bit more force powers from Obi-Wan lifting the rocks behind him. And the callback to Star Wars Rebels Season 3 was especially fantastic, paralleling when Ahsoka cut Vader's mask in half and revealing his face again, too. Good parallels, again, a George Lucasism, like poetry, it rhymes. But what was different about this version was Anakin didn't come through the mask at all. It was all Darth Vader. And the dialogue 
that was written for Vader and Obi-Wan in these moments was amazing. The words and dialogue spoken in the fight scene at the very end was the best out of the entire series. It wasn't too beefy or colorful. It was short, simple, and effective. And oh my God, the moment where Obi-Wan is just like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Anakin. It's my fault. And Anakin tells him, you're not responsible for Anakin's death. I killed Anakin. That contributes to Obi-Wan Kenobi's feelings in A New Hope and how he describes Vader and how uh, the evil Darth Vader is the one who killed your father when he's talking to Luke. I did have one issue with the fight scene, though. He let him live. Now, look, I'm not stupid. I know he has to... They both have to live at the end of the fight or else... It totally breaks canon. But what I mean is, I didn't really feel there was a great enough reason for Obi-Wan just to, yet again, leave him. And the reason being because, of course, you know, Obi-Wan had been struggling with the fact that he f is a failure, and he failed multiple times. He failed to save Anakin. He failed to save the younglings. He's the one responsible for bringing the clone troopers into the Republic. He's done a lot that he regrets, and he wishes he could do over and when he gets the chance to fight Anakin again he just lets him go again and this issue ties further into the original trilogy because Obi-Wan at that point comes to a place of he feels there is absolutely no redemption left for Vader that was established in the series but why what makes Obi-Wan think that Vader needs to be obliterated destroyed incinerated we didn't feel that here here, he decides, I'm going to let him go again. I wanted to know, what was it that makes him think Vader is completely irredeemable? Because once we get to A New Hope, he tells Luke, you got to kill him. There's no other way. He has to be destroyed. No, Luke. Bad Luke. No redemption. You kill that. You see what I mean? And, of course, Hayden Christensen performing inside the mask when you get to see him a little bit. His performance was great. He proved that, hey, I am a good actor. Just matters uh, which, which director you're with. Next up, I want to talk about Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon was probably my most anticipated moment and the thing I was most looking forward to in this show. I love Liam Neeson and pretty much everything he's played in, and I think Qui-Gon is one of his best characters ever. And the relationship between him and Obi-Wan, and the whole reason why Darth Vader is really in existence, if you think about it. I got all giddy when he came up on screen. I will admit it was a little awkward as far as like the camera placement, that he just kind of shows up in the bottom right corner. It was a little weirdly paced, and it didn't, it didn't have an emotional hit like I thought it should. Should. But one of the important things he says to Obi-Wan was, you weren't ready to see me yet. Now this line of dialogue implies that Obi-Wan Kenobi has learned something throughout this series. My question is, what was that? Because like I mentioned in my reaction, the regression of this plot has brought the story to the same exact place that Revenge of the Sith had left off at. Obi-Wan lets Anakin live yet again. Now there is one interpretation you can take of this lesson for Obi-Wan and that is Obi-Wan no longer feels responsible or guilty for Anakin going to the dark side because it was in that moment that he was apologizing to Vader that Anakin said, I, Vader, killed Anakin. You didn't kill him. So that is like a weight lifted off Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's like, okay, I can finally rest with the idea that my friend is gone and I don't have to feel bad about it anymore. But was that lesson broad enough to have Liam Neeson be able to show up again because he also didn't do any training that we saw on screen for him to be able to commune with his master. And that was what I was most looking forward to, was getting into the lore and the mysticism of being a Jedi, meditation and practice. Like, how do you get to the point where you can commune with the people who have passed on? So needless, needless to say, I was a little disappointed. I, I It was still fantastic to see Liam on screen. I loved it. I just wish there was a little bit more. Okay, before we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi's character journey, let me talk about Reva. The Reva storyline was the worst part of the show. I did not feel for this character one bit, 
and I really didn't care for how they were wanting the audience to feel was for a moment of redemption for her at the end, which, come on, she shouldn't be redeemed. We talked last week a little bit more about her character arc and journey, so if you want to learn more about what my thoughts are on that, you can go back and watch last week's episode because I'm not going to repeat it. But look, this is where the inconsequential moment comes into this show for me, is the whole Reva storyline really was just filler for me, especially towards the end. And I do not blame at all Moses Ingram. I think Moses Ingram is an amazing actress. The issue was the story she was given to portray for this character, Reva. You could be the best actor in the whole entire world, but if you're giving poor material, there's only so much you can do. And that's what happened here. Her dialogue was terrible. Her story really didn't make much sense as far as contributing to the narrative of this story anyway. Look, overall, Reva to me, in the show, pointless. But again, like I mentioned, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. From a certain point of view. Speaking of poorly written characters, can I just mention again, O'Shea Jackson? has the same exact issue and he does the same thing that he did in episode four when they're on the ship with all the people and they're trying to get away from the star destroyer chasing them and he was just like obi-wan we don't have enough time to make the repairs so obi-wan's like okay it's fine i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna dip out so you guys can get away vader will chase me and then five seconds later o'shea jackson is just like don't do that we have time to fix it Oh my god! I'm pretty sure the character that O'Shea Jackson is playing is bipolar. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and finish this review. Look, again, Ewan McGregor is an amazing actor. What he's brought to Obi-Wan Kenobi, again, has brought life back into this role, has made me want to see more, even though I, we don't really need a season two, but the way the story ended, the way Ewan McGregor plays this, and then meeting Luke at the end. Hello there. He does such a great job, and he's such a captivating performer. The one thing I wish we gotten a little bit more of from Obi-Wan, and something I was, I've been thinking about pretty much my whole life, as long as I've liked Star Wars, was how did Obi-Wan Kenobi and Uncle Owen grow to hate each other? It looked like we were going down that direction a little bit at the beginning of the series, but then at the end, they, they grew to a place where they were like, eh, yeah, I kind of like you, yeah. You want to meet Luke? Come on, come on, meet Luke. Give him some blue milk. The last thing I'll say is Star Wars has been doing this thing a lot wherever they release an anthology movie or television series, they use the title as being the name of the person it's about. Boba Fett, Solo, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think they really have to stop doing that because most of the content that they're providing with those titles are not about those studies. A title like Obi-Wan Kenobi should have been a straightforward character study about where this man is at this point in his life. Don't get me started on Boba Fett. I really wanted to see more of Obi-Wan's emotional journey, and I don't think that they really delivered that to us, especially with the trauma and survivor's guilt and uh, regular guilt he's been dealing with. This should have been a really, really emotional series for me. And if you want a good example of what I'm talking about, go over to HBO Max, check out Mayor of East Town. It's with Kate Winslet. It is one of the best limited series I've ever seen. The story is beautiful, and it kind of is exactly what I'm talking about here. And I can hear everybody again. You don't understand Star Wars. You, you can't relate Star Wars to other things. That makes no sense. You don't understand storytelling. That's not enough. It's like, then why, why do you watch my reviews? <laughs> but that's my review for part six. Thanks for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and enjoyed following me along on this journey. And hopefully we'll do the same again with future Star Wars projects. Like the video for me. It helps out so much. And if you want to, subscribe. I promise I won't let you down. Don't forget to check out other videos on my channel. And now, my friends, somehow, somewhere, some way, this week, may the Force be with you.